0: Welcome to the One Hope Church podcast, where we believe Jesus is our one hope for a better life and a better world. We hope this message encourages you. This is what I want you to do this morning as we continue. I want you this morning, I want you to think about the one time, okay, it's gonna be one time. Think about the one time that you lost your cool in life, okay? there's some really good people in the room there's really good people online I get it but think about that one time we've all got it when we just lost our cool in life we just lost it okay you got it everybody better have one alright you lost it now think why why did you flip out why did you you know just freak out in the moment why did it happen Now hold on to that thought, okay? Hold on to that thought. Because we're going to continue this series this morning that we've been talking about that we started several weeks ago uh, called Encounters, okay? And and the subtitle, if you have not been here, if this is your first Sunday with us, we're glad that you're here. Um, But the subtitle is simply, Jesus Changes Everything. This is a core belief that I have, that when Jesus enters any scenario, it does not matter the scenario, when Jesus enters it, something changes. So the past several weeks, we've been talking about these stories, these encounters that Jesus has with people all throughout the Gospels. Now, I said on the first Sunday that some of these encounters feel really good for the people that were part of them they felt really good like you know in these moments that they just feel loved and cared for by jesus that they truly mattered to jesus but i also said that first week that sometimes these encounters don't feel so good Sometimes Jesus had to be stern and in your face. Sometimes Jesus ha- ha- had these moments where it felt a little more negative. But here's my argument for today. And here's my argument for life. Is that even when these encounters weren't feeling like they were lathered in love, they were still always for the good of the people. Every encounter that Jesus has was always for the good of the people. Even when they had to be corrected, even when they had to be held accountable, the encounters with Jesus were always for the good who were in that scenario. Being corrected and being held accountable never feels good, does it? You've had these experiences before, right? Maybe with a boss, you've been corrected, or you've been held accountable. Maybe it's by a coach. Maybe it's by a spouse. Maybe it's by a friend. You've been held accountable. You've been corrected with something, and it never feels good. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to remind you this morning, that when done with the right motive, being corrected being held accountable may be one of the best things that happens in your life. I've told my kids since they were young, they were in sports, and I, I've told them from the very beginning when it, comes to, when it comes to coaches, the worst day on your sports team is when the coach stops correcting you, stops holding you accountable, stops coaching you hard, because it's the coach's job to bring the best potential out of the player, and many times that has to happen through correction and accountability. The worst day on a sports team can be when the, stop, the coach stops bringing that correction. Well, today, in the scene, the story, the encounter we're going to read, we're going to see this with Jesus. Because today's encounter is not a one-on-one experience, but it's Jesus with a group of people. And what we'll see with Jesus is he has a moment like I got you to think about. He has a moment where he loses it with a group of people. We're going to talk about why. Do you know what story I'm going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about Jesus flipping some tables and cracking the whip. All right? We're going to talk about Jesus flipping some tables and cracking the whip. Now, in the Gospels, this happens in three different places, okay? It's going to be John 2, Matthew 21, and Mark 11. So if you're, you want to follow along, you know, you got your Bible, you got your phones, you got to be quick today because I'm going to read all three accounts in the Gospels. John 2, Matthew 21, and Mark 11. Can I read this encounter that Jesus has? John 2, verse 13. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves and and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip of cords and drove all of the temp- uh, all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. Those disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. Okay, that's John 2, okay? That's one piece of the picture we see. Let's go Matthew 21, verse 12. It says, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it into a den of robbers. Okay, Mark chapter eleven. Verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and would not allow anyone to carry uh, merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, It is not is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. You've heard that story, right? You've heard that story before. You don't really have to even grow up in the church to really have heard this story. The time when Jesus lost it on a group of people. Now, you've heard this story, but many of us, all of us have kind of different upbringings. And so do we understand why, the why behind this story? Do you know what's going on here beyond the word that we just read? In order to do that, in order to make this application in our life, we've got to know some context, okay? And so, as I said, each gospel gives a different different piece of the picture so that we can have one big picture. And so what do we see in the very beginning of this story that gives us the picture of going on? Jesus was coming back where? Jerusalem, right? Now, why is Jesus coming back to Jerusalem? Do you catch it? He's coming back for something called Passover. Okay, Jesus is coming back for Passover. He's coming to celebrate with people. This is something that the Jewish people celebrated every year. Actually, it's still happening. Passover just happened in 2022. It was from April 15th to April 23rd. That was Passover this year. Now, the Passover was to celebrate and remember that God had freed. God had rescued, God had saved, God had delivered their ancestors. We read these stories in the Old Testament, right? Now, Jesus is not the only person coming to Jerusalem. Thousands of people, like thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. They were coming to the temple so that they could give a sacrifice in worship to God. That is what's going on here. And here is where the issue begins to come to the surface of why Jesus is just ticked. It's coming to the surface why Jesus just loses it on people. Because the temple was created for one specific purpose. What was that? For the presence of God and to be worshipped, right? This is what the temple was created for. The temple was created so people could come. They could honor. They could celebrate. They could sacrifice to. They could be in the presence of God. This is why the temple was created. But what do we see in this picture? What do we see in this story? What we see is there's, there's... the exchanging of of money and the selling of animals. Now, on the surface, you can be like, okay, that was the issue, not allowed to sell anything. That's actually not the hot-button issue with this. It wasn't the selling of, of animals. It wasn't like what we see on the surface. There was something going on underneath of why Jesus was so furious. And we've got to get to that underneath part so we can see what Jesus is asking from us. See, he became furious because when people came out of town, they brought their own money from the place that they came from. Okay? They brought their own currency, and their currency did not match the temple currency. So what happened is they needed it to be exchanged. That's why these tables were set up, is you bring your money, you're going to exchange it for temple money. You've maybe done this if you ever traveled before. If you leave the country, you've had to do this before, okay? Like me growing up in Canada, every time we came to the United States, I would have to learn how to exchange my Canadian money for American money. So if I grew up and I was a little kid and I had a dollar coin, I'd bring it and then I'd exchange it, maybe I'd get 80 cents, let's say, in America, it's just, it's just something I learned. I would calculate this because it just came to value and it came down to different countries and how, how money worked. That's what's happening in the temple. They were exchanging money. But the problem was, you, have you heard this before? The problem was the money changers were taking advantage of the people who were bringing their money from all the nations. See, these people, they had no choice. They had to come to Jerusalem. They had to come for Passover. They had to come worship. They had to come bring sacrifices. Remember, this is pre-Jesus, death and resurrection, so we're in Old Covenant worship. And now, they're coming there, and they've got to celebrate Passover, and they were at the mercy of, Of these money exchanges. As they changed their money, these temple people, these religious people, were taking advantage of the people who only came for one purpose. What was it? To worship. But see, it's not only that. When they came, to make a sacrifice sometimes people would come for long distance remember thousands of people from all nations that's what that's what mark tells us for all nations they're coming they couldn't bring the animals let's say they what their their affluency was they could sacrifice a dove that's the money that they had Well, they couldn't bring the dove from a distance, so they would bring money. And so get the picture of this again. They would get their money exchanged at the temple, and they're what? Getting ripped off. Then they go to buy a dove from the people at the temple, and what's happening there too? They're getting ripped off. So we've got this picture of, remember, people are coming just to worship. Their one purpose there come sometimes thousands of miles just to worship God in this moment. And then the people in the temple, supposedly God's people, were taking advantage of them using this moment for their benefit. It's becoming a den of robbers. It's in this moment. Jesus' passion just overtakes him. It's in this moment, his passion for the worship of God is just too much. His passion for the temple being used, what it was supposed to be used for, becomes too much. And it's in this moment, Jesus is like, I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a line in the sand. We're not gonna do this. Jesus had to disrupt Something that'd be, almost become a cultural norm that people had just to deal with. Jesus had to bring correction. Jesus had to bring accountability to what was happening in front of him. So why did Jesus flip the tables? It's simple to me. Jesus was not going to allow them to use God for their selfish purposes. This is the story of Jesus in the temple. You may have been brought up with this explanation growing up, or maybe you have another, but this is what I believe to the depths of me. This is what's going on. Jesus was not going to allow them to use God for their selfish purposes. He wasn't going to allow them to, on one hand, say they were God's people, and then on the other hand, use God for them to advance themselves. When we can see what's happening here. It begins to make sense. We see his motive. We see his purpose. We see the why behind it. I want us to understand Jesus is not being a jerk in this moment. Jesus is not in this moment being arrogant. Jesus was not losing his cool probably for the same reasons you thought about losing your cool a second ago. Jesus is not living the same way we live he had a purpose he had a reasoning Jesus in this moment he says this is not how life should be lived and I look at these people I look at these people and I think like shame on them right Like, from from the viewpoint we have, being able to look back, being able to look from the top, I look at these people and I go, shame on these people. Like, we can look at them and say, how dare they do this? It's so obvious this is wrong. God is to be worshipped, not used. And I look at these people, I'm like, come on, y'all. But then, as I always do with Scripture, I'm reading, and God God speak to me in this. I go... God, I got to ask the question, is this ever me? As I look down on these people, I have to put it back to me and say, is this ever me? And this is where it can get really personal this morning. And I want you to be open to receive this this morning. I want to push a little bit this morning. Have you, just like I ask myself, ever been this purpose, person? Have I ever said I am a Christian? But I live life like I'm just using God for my purposes. This is what I mean. Sometimes Christianity, being a Christian, which means we're following Jesus... Sometimes it can become a label. But in the reality, I am still the God of my life. To call yourself a Christian can become a label, but not a practical way we live out what it says a Christian is. Think about it this way. We we can use God for salvation purposes. We can use God as kind of a bailout card ready to be used when we get stuck. We can use God sometimes to cover up the decisions that we're making, saying, God told me. We can use the name of God. It can look religious, but in reality... We can be like those people in the temple. We can say we worship God. Do you hear me on this? We can say we worship God, but God is used in a way where we just we just want to get ahead in life. We want to be protected in life. We just feel guilty. We feel scared. We feel, and so we use. God. And I want to tell you something. I want you to hear something this morning. That there is a difference in calling ourselves a Christian and actually falling under the authority of God in how we live. There is a difference in calling ourselves a Christian and actually falling under the authority of God as our Savior in how we live. See, the best form of worship is really through my life saying, God, you are in control. The best form of worship is saying, God, you are authority. You are in leadership. And I'm going to fall underneath that authority. in God, over and over in the Old Testament said to his people, it's not your sacrifices that I want. Think about it, even we're talking about sacrificial system. It's not just the sacrifices that I want. I want you. Many times did God say, I want to be your God, and I want you to be my people. That's what I really want. And here's Jesus making a point to these people You're going to either fall under the authority of God or you're going to do your own thing and you can't have it both ways. I look at this story. I'm making it very personal to me. I want you to make it very personal to you. You are Are either going to fall under the authority of God and how you worship and live, or you're or you're gonna do your own thing. And you can't have it both ways. I think the the saying in our culture is you can't have your cake and eat it too. You heard that? You can't have it both ways but here's the problem many of us have an like an authority issue many people with this story we've been to break it down and what Jesus is is bringing correction to and Jesus is bringing accountability to is the same thing we, we struggle with is that we have an authority issue we don't like to give authority over to other people i was talking to a buddy this week we're talking about this issue, this issue. We're talking about this passage. We're talking about this message. And listen, I talk to him every week about Scripture. We talk about church. We talk about Jesus. We talk, and he says, Scott, this one is a tough one for me. I do not like having authority in my life. It's tough. He's essentially saying, I like to make the calls on how my life goes i like to call the shots in my life and i'm like bro i get it because hasn't this been the issue for humanity since the beginning isn't this the carnal broken issue that's been with us since the beginning look back to the garden of eden god gives them everything you know that story look, Just look at the beginning of Genesis God gives them everything He blesses them with abundance in their life There's nothing that they lack They are free They are cared for There's just one rule You know that story You know that one rule Don't go over to that tree and what happens They can't fall under the authority of God they want what they can't have. Hear me. They wanted to be equals with God, not fall under the authority of God being their God. It can be so easy to call ourselves Christians. Which once again means we're following the christ our life is given This can be so easy. We call ourselves a christian But the same time still try to keep control of who calls the shots day to day I want the idea of god But really what we worship is our own ideas our own thoughts our own hopes and goals our own agendas I like the idea of God but I want what I want I said at the beginning that sometimes accountability and correction may be the best thing for us in life it's because I think that's what Jesus is doing right now in John Matthew and Mark he is making a statement by saying there is a better way to live than what you are doing right now and i'm going to bring correction i'm going to bring accountability i'm going to flip this on its end because this is not the way to live see when we're under him he gets to call the shots when we're under his authority, it, it, it means that, that, that he is the one that's setting the pace. And so what does that look like? What would that look like versus what we see in this story? I think, I think Jesus wants authority in our lives when it comes to what we think our purpose is. Whether you're seven or you're 70, your purpose has not ended. These graduates today, they're up here, and they, the certain amount of life has gone on, but their purpose hasn't ended, and we have to decide. When we're under the authority of Jesus, I think He wants to have us the say in what our purpose is. I think he wants authority when it comes to how we spend our time. I think he wants authority in our life when it comes to what relationships we invest in and which ones we don't. How healthy and how we operate in our relationships, whether that's friendships or it's marriage. That he wants authority in how we operate in our relationships. I think, I think he wants to have authority when it comes to how we spend our money. I think he wants authority when it comes to just our attitude and how we walk through life every day. I think he wants to have authority, and some of us need to fall under that authority. I'm having this attitude, but I got to change my attitude. Because this is not the attitude of Christ. This is the attitude of me. I need to fall under the authority. When it comes to our money, this is how I spend money if it's me. This is how I spend money if it's under Christ. When it comes to relationships, this is how I operate in the relationships under Christ. This is how I operate when it's under me. There's a distinct difference so often in how we live and use what God has given us Shows who is really the authority in our lives. This is the accountability statement for you today. This could potentially be a very heavy one for us. How we live and use what God has given us shows who is really the authority of our life. These men on the surface were religious people. But what are they worshiping? Greed? They're worshiping what they think benefits them in life. They're taking advantage of people wanting to worship God and takes away from their worship of God and how they live. And by them living this way, they are missing out on the abundant life that Jesus has come to give. John talks about this, that when Jesus comes, he has come to to give us life and to the full. You've seen this? Other translations say Jesus has come to give you life in abundance. This is what Jesus has come to do. Just like he did in the Garden of Eden. came to give life into the abundance. God gave them everything. Their blessings were huge. And when they were under the covering, when they were under the authority, when they had given themselves to God, they lived in freedom. They lived in joy. They lived in peace. They lived in healthy relationship. They lived in unity with God and with each other and this world. When they were under the covering, they were not insecure. They were not, they were not filled with anger. When they were under the covering and the authority of God, things were the way they should be. Can you hear me this morning say it wasn't until they decided to do things their way to come out from under the covering, under the authority, things changed. See, when we only use the title of Christian, but don't really fall under the authority of Christ, through how we worship, through how we live, we miss Out on the better life that Jesus is trying to give. See, remember, this wasn't normal, Jesus. Can I tell you just a pastor pet peeve for a second? I can't stand when people use this story and it's like, well, this is who Jesus is. He flips tables. He did it one time, people. All right. Most of his stories are Jesus loving, caring for, pouring value into people. Yeah, he flipped tables. This is not normal. but maybe in this moment he knew you guys are missing out on what I'm trying to bring you and so now I've got to bring correction and maybe today maybe today Jesus speaks to us and he goes do I need to flip a table or two in your life do I need to crack a whip or two in your life not because I'm angry or I'm a jerk Not because I'm arrogant or have something against you. Because it's for your good. Because I have created life to be lived a certain way. And you need some accountability. Because maybe you are struggling in life. Just have some honesty with yourself. Maybe you are insecure today. Maybe you're struggling in a relationship today. Maybe you are struggling financially today. Maybe you don't have clarity of purpose, and maybe you don't understand what life is really about, and there's confusion and there's anger and there's like bitterness that comes up. And can I tell you, life is gonna be hard. It's just that's what it's like to live in a broken world. But maybe, maybe your insecurity, maybe your lack of clarity, maybe the mess that you've got yourself in is because you have decided I'm going to do my thing versus living under the leadership and authority and covering of Jesus. That you aren't living the life you were created for. That you were created for God, by God. And when we are under Him, we just don't put a label on us and use God for our purposes. We, we live differently. The thing is, I think many of us know this. I think for many of us, there's a little conviction inside of us that we push to the side. I think there's some, something inside of it that goes, I know this is wrong, but I really want, it's hard not to chase our agendas. It's hard to not make life about me. It's hard to not put me at the center of everything. It's really hard to submit to authority. It's really hard to give ourselves up, but there is a better way to live. And I truly believe that everything we've been looking for is on the other side of saying, God, okay, I'll let you be God, and I'll be your child. I'll let you lead me. I'll be a follower. I'll give my, my thoughts, my desires, my ideas to you, and I want you to speak into me. Because when that happens, this is what we need to remember, is God has the authority over everything. And when we fall under his authority, then we get everything that comes with God, whatever he's ever wanted for us. And we miss out. Because truly, one word from God changes everything in our life one word from god he has authority over all things but we miss out because we want to live under our own authority versus saying god it's all yours i'm all yours you set the pace you direct jesus walks into the temple and he goes that's not what the plan was this temple was created to worship god Your life was created to worship God. It's for one purpose in everything that we do. But the beautiful thing of this is that when we live this way, when we give ourselves this, when we give our, just every moment, we fight for this. We receive more than we could have ever gotten just doing it our own way. It's hard to tell ourselves that because we think about what we're missing out but can I tell you there's so much more to gain under that covering and so we end in worship as we do here but I want to push you this morning Is being a Christian more than a label for you is it more than just I want to get saved and so I can go to heaven but I'm going to live my life the way I'm going to live my life that's not how we roll I'm not saying you can't go to hell. Like That's God's choice to do what he's going to do. But what I'm saying is he created you for more than just to say, I believe in you, Jesus, but I'm going to live my life. When we fall under the authority of God, under the leadership of God, so much comes with that because he is the authority over all things. You want to know maybe why you're struggling in one thing this morning and you carry the weight of that? Maybe as we end in worship, you go, okay, God, I'll give this over to you. I've been stubborn. I want to do things my way. And it's not working out. That could be with your life and you just need to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for doing my thing. I believed you died on the cross to free me in life. And you just say, God, I want to give you my life. But for many of us, you have said that prayer, but there are still some things that you're not free in. You don't have peace in. It's because you have not given it to God and saying, you set the pace. I'll fall under your leadership. I'll fall under your authority. And maybe as we worship today, you'll just be willing to say, okay, God, I felt the weight. I felt the conviction of this long enough. It's yours. We you pray with me as we go to worship? Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us enough to correct us. Thank you for believing in us enough to correct us. Thank you for caring about our life so much that you don't give up on us. God, I pray for every single person in this room and everybody that's listening and watching online that when God speaks to you, when the Holy Spirit speaks into you, there's something that we're holding back and we're not giving authority to God, that we're not giving over to the one that is our Savior and our King, God, that you would show us and we say, okay, I'll do it your way. God, I pray you flip some tables and say, this is not what I created it for we are created to worship you with everything and god we don't want to use you today we want to worship you with our lives so help us do that show us how we can do that show us how we're not doing that and maybe god on the other side of that humility to let go there's something we've never experienced before it's your name we pray Thank you for listening to this message from One Hope Church. If you would like to hear more, check out our website at ouronehope.com for message archives, service times, and more information on how you can get connected. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.